When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. I'm so looking forward to today's conversation with my guest, Jeff Perry. I met Jeff in late 2020 when I appeared as his guest on the podcast he hosts, The Engineering Career Coach. Jeff seemed so youthful as he conducted the conversation with incredible enthusiasm, talking about soft skills, communication, leadership, and a whole lot more. He also did a terrific job of publishing my book, Soft as Steel. Jeff, thanks very much for that. Uh, in Jeff's words, describing why he founded his consultancy in 2019, More Than Engineering. As a software, mechanical, and manufacturing engineer, I designed and developed a lot of products and processes. Now I build people. This is where my joy and professional satisfaction comes from, being a part of helping others succeed and grow. Things he is excited about these days are related to employee connection, how we help people connect at the more human level to improve productivity, collaboration, and innovation. And I cannot fail to mention that this engineer also owns engineering swag. I said swag, and that's what they sell. So how about a t-shirt that says, engineers are people too, or... Trust me, I'm an engineer. Jeff, welcome to the Soft to Steel podcast. Dennis, so glad to be here. And what a fun introduction. It was fun for me to hear. A different one than I've ever heard before, but I love what you put together there and and so grateful to reconnect here and and chat again after we connected a few years ago. Yeah. And you did remind me before we got started that I was your first guest when you began hosting that podcast. And it was just as I described, as I recall it. In fact, I viewed it yesterday and I enjoyed it again yesterday. Good. Uh, so uh, what we're going to do today will be something that people want to hear. You're doing great work you know, in the industry with engineers. Your passion is clear. I know that when I said in our first interview, I referenced my mentor, Steve Farber, who said in his first book, do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. That's you. In fact, you pretty much say it here. And I I love your simple phrase. Now I build people. It's so important. It's so important in our industry. And and the things that you said you were excited about, you know, when I talk about connection, I talk about it at the basic human level. You're talking about it uh, at that level as well, but even more how it relates to the beginning of relationships in the workplace. So say more about your view about this whole notion of employee connection. Let's start with that subject. Yeah, well, we could go all sorts of different places. I'll start with here, Dennis. Just recently, I don't know if you saw back in May, the U.S. Surgeon General put out a big health advisory for the United States, right, that says that loneliness and lack of connection are causing health problems to an extent that are at an epidemic level. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a multi-pronged approach to work with this, right? But some of the things that we can talk about, like 50 to 60% of surveyed people feel some degree of loneliness, right? The health effects of people feeling lonely and isolated and not connected 
have the same mortality consequences as someone who smokes 15 cigarettes a day. Mm -hmm. The consequences on their heart, their immune response, their mental health, risk of stroke, like all these things go up when people aren't connected to humans. And then you think about like the economic consequences, the cost of isolation, just from a purely healthcare cost, was a accounted to like almost $7 billion of an increased Medicare expenses. Mm -hmm. But then on companies, even just absenteeism related to stress and loneliness cost employees $154 billion annually. Okay. So this is a bottom line issue and it's the right thing to do when we can actually help people be connected. Because also think about on the positive side, when we can help people in teams, across teams, in organizations to connect with each other, productivity, collaboration, innovation, and all the things that we need to accomplish together goes up, right? Uh, trust goes up and, and all these other things. En engagement goes up. So um, it, it, I believe that connection is at the heart of s unlocking so much potential that might right now lie dormant because the, the irony is that we are at the, the time in history where we are the most uh, technologically and digitally connected as ever, but perhaps we might be on the lower end of actually being connected as people right now. And we need, it, it's an all hands on deck situation if we're gonna change this. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I appreciate you citing some facts, obviously, because again, this is a, a discussion uh, and a concern that the industry is recognizing. But as you said, I think also uh, before we actually began recording, um, we are, we're not an industry uh, that, uh, that innovates and changes rapidly. Um, you know, problems with the human condition uh, are difficult enough to understand in the, in the greater sense, in community and families. But bringing it into the workplace uh, where people fill roles, they have job titles, uh, there are expectations, there are accountabilities, there are results, all these things that are the words we use to describe how we see that business enterprises are succeeding, um, they, they all ignore uh, the the consequences on people's emotions and feelings uh, and on their their personal ability to handle something which is a part of day-to-day -day life and that's in, in the workplace in our industry we work in, an, in a dangerous industry uh, even for the folks that are in the in, in the office setting they go out in the job site they are immediately exposed to danger the people who rely on the front line to put work in place every day they're exposed to danger uh, and when we have to talk about the, the fact that they're they're, they're have feelings of isolation uh, that they feel lonely that they feel like the people don't care about them uh, the leaders in our industry uh, need to be recognizing, you know, that, that, that there is a price that has to be paid to try to focus on this, make this a frontline issue, a frontline opportunity. What are your thoughts about where leadership is in our industry right now around this whole notion that you've captured with a single word, but has so many prongs, this notion of dealing with improving connection? Right. So make a mistake. Leaders need to lead, right? So Connection, and this is recommended in that same um, advisory report from the Surgeon General, that the, the creation of connection uh, in the workplace needs to be a corporate strategic objective, right? And leaders need to lead out on that. We can't just talk the talk. Leaders need to walk the walk. They need to really care and ask, hey, how are you doing? 
They need to be facilitating opportunities for employees to connect with each other. They need to be showing that they care about the person and the people behind the business results that are being generated, right? People can tell if you're only in it for yourself or if, if you're in it with them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's, it's the connection, this, this with each other, uh, because all too often there, there, are all, there are plenty of headwinds that we're facing, right? Um, with uh, economic challenges, you think about increasing remote work can, can make it a little bit harder. Um, in, in a lot of engineering and technology industries, I hear people talking about the challenges of generational gaps, where mm-hmm. what the old guard and the new guard and, and you know, people want to hang on to how things used to be and people are, other people are willing to change and, and some of the issues there. Um, sometimes there's a merging of companies or organizations and it's like, okay, what's your culture? What's my culture? How are we going to merge these? And, and maybe you're after my job because we were doing the same thing in the different company. Like there's so many things, right, that, you know, could, could be working against us or at least the challenges in the way to this. And so leaders need to lead, mm-hmm. right? They need to showcase that this is important and talk about it over and over again and, and showcase that, that they want to do it. Now, are they going to be perfect? No, but by say, stating the intent and then continue to go back and asking for forgiveness, like, hey, I recognize, be vulnerable. I recognize I didn't do that well. I was too focused on me and I wasn't after the, the connection in that moment. So, mm-hmm. so stating the intent, but then asking for, for forgiveness and, and having the self-awareness to call yourself out and asking others to call you out when you're not living up to the own your own ideals, right? That that shows the the people that you're leading that you truly care, that you're willing to really walk the walk and go through this process. It's not it's not immediate, right? To mm-hmm. build that trust and connection with people takes time, attention, and and a, a reiteration of that intent over and over and over again. But mm-hmm. when we can do that, then you know, the, the people that feel like you're really there and supporting them, they're, they're going to go slay dragons for you if, if they really feel that um, they're connected with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, we could talk about connection with the organization as a whole and what the, what the organization is trying to accomplish as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd say building on your, your last thoughts, I, I can imagine, uh, again, we, we'd like to think, uh, let's stay at the top. Let's stay at the upper levels of of organizations at the C C sure. level, and maybe their direct reports, just to kind of take a slice of the pie. But I imagine there, and a lot of them uh, are the majority of them are still probably uh, in the baby boomer generation. Uh, the millennials are filling in behind them now. They're now middle management. A lot of companies taking on important important roles and responsibilities, and even Gen Z is getting into the game a little bit as far as managerial roles. Uh, but I can imagine, uh, even with the best intentions, uh, that some leaders will will say as kind of a, okay, I hear what you're talking about with connection and 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 caring and all that stuff. Well, how do I, how how am I going to do that and and affect every person in my three thousand person organization? How is that? How can that happen? I mean, I can I can put out a you know I can put out a, a video. Uh, and say, you know, I care and look at the camera very carefully. Say, you know, I care about each and every one of you. I want you to know that that's that's top of mind for me. But so how do you do it? And the obvious answer might be that you need to delegate. 
and to other people, you know, because leaders are not just the C-level folks in organizations, as you know, uh, know well. They fall down even to the level of being the lead person or a crew leader on, on, a, on a project site. So how, how, do, how, do we, how do we make progress so that we can be, as an industry, in a place that's different than we are today? Yeah. And, and so obviously this, this cascades at every single level of the organization. So while we might say that the leaders have the most responsibility or they're certainly the most influence, right? Because uh, they, they impact the most people. We want to, to place the, the responsibility on every single person in the organization, right? So what is within my circle of influence that I can do something about to improve connection, whether that's just the person that I sit next to or even the customer that I'm interacting with, whatever those interactions are, what what responsibility can, can I take? So first of all, we want to say, hey, the responsibility is everyone's, right, to, to get this right and, and to try and improve the situation. And so you, you can think about it particularly, this, this level of connection at, at three levels as I think about it, the connection with self, right? Connection with the team, the, the working team that you're typically working with on a day-to-day -day basis, and then with the larger organization as a whole, right? So it does for every individual, no matter where you sit in the organization, I need to be connected with myself. Do I believe and, and do I feel that the things that I'm working on on a day-to-day -day basis that I'm able to utilize my strengths, that the career that I'm a part of is connected with the things that I care about, my passions and interests, and the skills that I'm trying to, to hone and build, and, and also leveraging my strengths where I really feel like I can do some of my best work. Now, does that mean 100% of every single day is going to feel like unicorns and rainbows and you know everything just lining perfectly? No. But do... Do I feel that connection to me and the things that I care about with the time that I'm spending in the workplace, right? Yeah. And and that conversation can be had uh, from a peer-to-peer -peer level, that the leader to uh, someone that they lead on their team, and making sure that the alignment with what the person cares about is as much as possible aligned with, obviously there are business needs and tasks and responsibilities that need to be had too. How can we as much as possible align that and where do they want to go like everyone's at a place now but you know ambitious great employees want to go somewhere as well how do we help them get there coach them along the way yeah. and we can get to you know and, and so starts at that self level then we can get into the team like how are people connecting collaborating interacting at the team level then the organization you know talking at that top level like you were talking about that that leader at the top and and there's and their leadership team and others, they just set the tone. And so communicating over and over, yeah, do a video, but one video isn't going to cut it. Like this needs to be part of company-wide communications. And anytime you are interacting with anyone in the company, you need to be in that walking the walk state and trying to connect and understand mm -hmm. and, and hear and listen mm -hmm. to what people are are, are telling you um, yeah. so that they can be like, you know what? I, I think that the leader is really listening to us are they, and, and, and cares about us and, and what we're trying to accomplish and is doing great things for, for, for the company. Yeah. So, so there's a lot that we could get into, but, but that kind of gives you those three levels that we can think about. Mm -hmm. How do we 
break that yeah. down a little bit more. So you use the term uh, connect with self. Yes. And I would say that that's, uh, that's the, the close cousin to uh, what I believe is a fundamental uh, quality uh, and also an ability that can be developed in, in, a, in an individual, and that is self-awareness. Sure. Uh, yep. spe and specifically, as it relates to understanding what the person is feeling uh, moment to moment, so that they can have an opportunity to manage how they're being affected by the things that they're encountering in their environment day to day, uh, to be able to relate to other people uh, and produce positive results. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, th this is all under the umbrella of emotional intelligence, yes. uh, which is a tr an, an incredible body of work. I'm pleased to say that uh, more and more of the, the folks that I get in front of, uh, I talk about emotional intelligence. Uh, I, uh, I do workshops where they, t they, can, they can learn what their level of emotional intelligence is. Uh, and this notion of connecting to self uh, is is hugely important because, you know, my belief, and I think I talk about it even in, in my book, that if you don't understand yourself, uh, your, your ability and, and frankly, your inclination or your uh, your mindset mm -hmm. to be able to to uh, to be able to relate to others and understand them from a level of emotions or feelings is is completely impossible. If you don't know you, right. you can't know anybody else. Right. Um, and uh, so let's talk about this whole notion of, of, of understanding self uh, and uh, share, you know, share with our listeners the kinds of things in your coaching practice that you, you help your engineers with uh, to, get, to get that understanding of self. How do, they, how do you help them gather facts about themselves that they can use to benefit their style of communicating, their style of building relationships, et cetera? Yeah, so you, you you're touching on some some great stuff here, Dennis, and and you know that connection with self or, or awareness is, is critical. And I think about this this connection. You think about you know things that you're trying to put together, like puzzle pieces, almost like a Venn diagram. I, I think of three pieces that that really build um, the, the connection we're trying is is awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And I would connect that with mindsets and stuff like you're talking about as well. And, you know how we communicate, and then psychological safety. So it's focused mostly on on the awareness piece okay mm -hmm. um a place to start at least is asking yourself a bunch of questions uh and and sometimes as a coach i get to fill that role right providing some really reflective introspective tools and activities and materials and sometimes just conversations in in our busy lives that, that we lead these days, we're, we're often just so focused on getting to the next thing, getting the next things done that we don't take the time to just sit with ourselves. We don't, we're not being with ourselves very often. And, and I, I'm uh, a culprit of this as, as much as anyone. I've spent so much of my life as an emotional suppressor. Um, and and some of that is some of the the masculine ideals that like we're trying to you know hold it all together and be everything for everyone and some of that stuff. And I was trying to be, but what that meant was I was often putting on facades for others that were not really authentic 
to me, right? But but I didn't really know what was authentic. I was not aware of that. And so uh, it's taken me um, uh, a lot of the, the last four years to continue to unravel that and, and connect with myself in deeper ways um, through through coaching and, and therapy and other things that I've been involved in to help me uh, connect with these things. Um, but, uh, and so just asking yourself some questions uh, especially in the workplace setting, right? Um, do I know how I'm impacting others? Right? Like, what's the impact I'm having others? What's, uh, how is my way of being coming off to them? Right? Do I, do I know that? Do I understand that? And do I even care? Right? Mm-hmm. So, so starting to ask about our impact on others, right? Because so often, we might have a tendency to, to point fingers at other people when things are going wrong, but but pointing it back at ourselves, like what 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 responsibility can I take here? Mm-hmm. Um, asking yourself questions like, what do I really care about? What's the next thing I want to to learn in in my career that I might want to try out? Do I know? Can I even identify my strengths? Right, the things that and the areas and the moments and the situations where I'm really doing my best work. Am I aware of that? If so, then you can start to optimize and try and advocate for and and raise your hand for opportunities where you can do more of that work, which is going to be good for you. You're going to enjoy it. It's also going to be good for the organization if it aligns with the things that need to be done because you're going to be in kind of your genius zone, right? So these are just a few things. Asking yourself some of these questions, spending some time reflecting, get out a journal uh, or a piece of paper um, and, and turn off all the other distractions. Uh, it's also great to ask people who you feel like know you well. Uh, they, they, you know, so ask the people that you work with, ask the people who are close to you, your close family, friends, uh, partners, or spouses, others who spend a lot of time with you. What do they see in you? Some of these strengths and those things that you care about uh, that that they might see in you that you don't see. Because sometimes, you know, it, it's kind of like an opportunity to look in the mirror. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sometimes the mirror that we look at when we're just looking at ourselves because of our mindsets and what we're believing about ourselves might be a little bit distorted. So to get the reality of it, we might need someone else to hold up their mirror of us Mm -hmm. to see some of those things a little bit clearly. Mm -hmm. You know, you're very subtly referring to something that I have a lot of thoughts about, and that is a person's qualities or better known as soft skills. Yeah. Um, And that's 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 the space that that all this plays in. And in mm-hmm. fact, as you may recall in my book, one of the one of the questions I posed in the book uh, was something along the lines, if I were to ask someone to describe you, someone that knows you well, mm-hmm. wh- how would they describe you? Uh, and uh, I think, as I recall, I put a few of the answers in the book that, w- that came as verbatims out of my interviews. Um, and in general, uh, if you ask, if you ask a person that knows you well, in the workplace or otherwise, uh, to describe you, uh, and particularly in the workplace, their first two or three thoughts and, and pieces of feedback may be with regards to your hard skills, your capabilities, how you fill the role from a technical standpoint. But right behind that are going to be words and phrases that describe how you are when you do what you do. And that, and that, that subtle, you know, the, the kind of the subtle uh, uh, ex, uh, accentuating the how part. You know, it's one thing to do the job. Uh, and 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 a person can do do the job very well, but they but it's how they are when they're doing it that determines how successful they will be in having their results uh, appreciated by their organization, 
having the results of their efforts appreciated by their customers, by the people they work with and the people they work for. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, um, it's how we are. I, I would also say who we are, right? So going back to like the mindset idea, like our mindsets drive not just what we do, but how we do it, like we're talking about. Like you can do the same action, but with a different mindset will come across completely differently. Mm-hmm. And and mindsets, you know, whatever our mindset is, invites that same sort of mindset in someone else, right? So if I am, am working with you, Dennis, right, and and I see you for whatever reason as you know, Dennis is a is a slacker. I don't like working with him. He's hard to work hey, whoa, with. Whoa, and that, whoa, easy now, yeah. easy now, pal. <laughs> I said if Dennis. I said if. Yeah. So, um, and it, it, but but usually that that's on me uh, for how I'm seeing you. And, and if that's all I'm focusing on, right, then my, um, you know, we might come into the meeting and I might say the things. Oh yeah, these are things I need to. We need to get done. But you're gonna sense probably some of that hostility, some of that negative feeling, I'm going to come off cold probably mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. instead of more willing and open and wanting to collaborate, right? Contrast that with a version of me that sees Dennis, you know, okay, Dennis might be having a hard time. I don't know exactly what's going on right now. Even if, you know, your your performance isn't as high as I would like it to be maybe as your leader or something, right? Um, but But if I am curious, right? And I and I care about you as a person, and and I um, understand that you have needs and objectives and challenges that you're facing that I may or may not understand, right? Mm-hmm. Then I can start to get curious about okay, instead of just thrusting things on Dennis and coming off cold, how can I get curious about what Dennis is trying to accomplish and maybe the challenges and maybe why his performance isn't up to snuff currently, but maybe we can work together to. To make that happen, um, I think curiosity is the gateway to to understanding and, and connection. We, mm. The whole other model I have around that, uh, if we want to explore it, but uh, just this idea of getting curious with people um, is is so critical, and it can unlock the more positive feelings and conversations and, and mindsets uh, for for establishing the the connection and the, and the mutual understanding together. That, that we need to do great work together. Yeah. So we're, now we're creeping into uh, the area that at least topically uh, starts to move into the need for people at all levels and organizations, but certainly for, for leaders uh, to do everything they can through their words and their actions to promote uh, the reality that the every person is different from every other person. The, the short term for that historically in the recent years has been used, the word has been used as diversity. Now we're, we're, we're progressing to a different, a different word uh, that has some better implications and but more challenging ones. And that is this notion of inclusion uh, with a little bit of a kicker uh, because of some of the unevenness in our society and our industry. And that's social justice. Uh, so as we think about our industry, and you talk and coach engineers uh, who have, you know, who have certain behavioral styles or personalities uh, that have an impact on how they communicate with people, uh, and 
And if we don't have, and again, not engineers specifically, but in general, if we don't have the willingness, and this is mindset related, so it's a growth versus fixed mindset from Carolyn Dweck. Mm -hmm. If we don't have a growth mindset uh, to recognize it, you know, you know, I'm all about getting the getting the task done. That's that's where I'm the happiest. That's where I feel I'm making the greatest contribution is getting the job done, getting that print finished, doing the redesign, answering the change order, whatever it may be. That's where I want to be. Not so much hand holding, not so much taking time with this with this first year uh, engineer uh, on a project to try to mentor them. Uh, I, I just want to do stuff, um, but that's not enough. It's not enough when we are in the midst of generational change. You mentioned generations early on in this conversation appropriately. Uh, we are transitioning. Uh, you know, the boomers are, the numbers of boomers are dropping, you know, very, very rapidly. The millennials are filling in behind them. But those millennials and the Gen Xers, oh, by the way, because they always, they're always kind of forgotten. You know, those, those two generations are right, are right there behind us. Um, and, and the millennials in particular, and then Gen Z, they've, they've got a little bit of it in their value framework. They've got some of this, you know, we're all, we're all different from each other, and that's something we have in common. So let's build on commonality. Let's be inclusive, and let's be fair. Uh, you know, so again, where do you see leaders as you relate to them now? Where do you see the leaders, uh, you know, trying to do things differently to promote everything I've described? And you, we already threw in the harsh side of this, which is mental wellness, uh, addiction, suicide, uh, you know, all those kinds of things. There's just so much going on. You know, we're the 10th worst uh, suicide rate of all industries, 10 times the suicides in construction. You know all about that. So I just, it's a hodgepodge of things I just said, but where, where is leadership? You know, where's leadership right now in terms of trying to, to pick out the, the, the difficult conversations as well as try to bring the positive conversation, conversation saying we can do this. We have to do this. It's, 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 it's fair. It's inclusive. And it's good for business. Yeah. So what, what comes to mind, Dennis, is, is thinking about the impact you have on your people um, in work and outside of work. Um, I don't know if you've ever um, read uh, a book that I love by Clayton Christensen, uh, the, the late, um, he was a Harvard uh, Business School teacher, uh, best known for the theory of disruption, uh, The Innovator's Dilemma, but another book that he read towards the end of his life called How Will You Measure Your Life? Hmm. Okay. And in that, he, he tells a story of, um, of thinking about that he was at a work function, but it was more of a social work function. He saw this woman that he worked closely with, with her husband and, and child. And he just sort of had this thought, you know, like, hey, I see her now in this context with her family, right? But how am I sending her home? right? Like what kind of experiences is she having at work and how can I help her go home in a way that she's able to be that spouse and mother that she wants to and needs to be for that family that I now see, right? Mm -hmm. And by the way, if she's more fulfilled and connected to the things that she's doing at work, she's going to do, you know, better work while she's at work rather than getting to, to things like burnout and overwhelm and toxic stress and some of those mm -hmm. things too. And so looking at every individual 
that we have the responsibility to lead as much as we can and saying, how can I create an environment where we collectively can go home and be the people in our families and our homes and our communities that we want to be so that when anyone's walking around with my company badge on a, on a t-shirt or a jacket or something, that the people around them say, hey, you know, I, they're representing us as a company, but those kinds of people are the people we want representing because they're good people in their homes, in their communities, right? Mm -hmm. And that's in part because of the influence that we can have as an organization in the kinds of people that we are and the way that we're building people to become the best version of themselves. Yeah. Right. And as a white heterosexual Christian man, I am no expert on the diversity piece, which is a, mm -hmm. a big deal. And I'm, I'm not a part of a whole lot of minorities, but I just see this connecting with like, hey, all of us are humans. We have human struggle. And no matter where we come from, we're at a different point together here in this moment. Can I connect with you at a human level and be alive to the opportunities and challenges and things that you care about in a different way? Be vulnerable with myself so that we can do great work together, but also, you know, care about each other and take care of each other in the whole realm of life. Work is a huge part of it, but, you know, yeah, it's just one piece of us living the, the life that we care about living. Yeah. I think those thoughts are great thoughts for closing, but I want to say one thing and ask you one last question. One of the things that I say quite often with regards to this whole notion of connection, but also then building relationships, as you know, the reason I titled my book the way I did, because I threw the analogy of steel to long lasting structures and that soft skills are to relationships what steel is to a building. Right. That's why I think they're the difference maker is the way I would say it. So in my last question, if there's... And be succinct, not that you talk too much, I talk too much, but what is the one piece of advice that you would give a leader who asks the question, what can I do today to make a difference? Yeah. Um, ask questions. Good answer. Yeah. Ask questions. And in particular, I'd start with today, ask questions to work on those things that help you gain more awareness, right? Yeah. So ask those around you how you're impacting them and ask them, therefore, for you to gain awareness of yourself and also gain awareness of them and what they care about. Ask them questions about them, the mm -hmm. things that they're trying to do, accomplish the things they care about inside and outside of work. So you're aware of yourself. You're also aware of the people around you. When you are aware of them, then you can take them into account instead of just what you care about as well. So ask some great questions. Good. And see where that takes you. Excellent. Excellent. Jeff, they tell me to keep it to like 30 to 35 minutes, which I try to do. It's hard. I mean, you and I could have talked to quite a bit more. I'm delighted to be with you again today. I'm just very pleased for you that you're enjoying success in building your consultancy and continuing doing great work on your podcast. I wish you only the best. And I, again, I'm very grateful that you took time to visit me today on the Softest Steel podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, Dennis. And just so you know, I put together something just for listeners of Soft to Steel podcast. If they're interested in going a little bit deeper on this idea of connection, I've got a free resource I call the Connection Code. And so you can go to jeff-perry.com slash steel to go grab that if people are interested. Great. Thank you so much. I hope people will do that. I certainly will because anything that's free, I want. You know, <laughs> free is my favorite word. It's probably my absolute favorite word. After that, it's food. So, you know, there you have it. 
Thank you so much for your time, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. Take care. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.